During the fall of my third grade year, it became the fashion to play Star Trek at recess, which was great for me because I love Star Trek. And even better for me because I was never really that cool kid in grade school. I got to be Captain Kirk. Who doesn't want to be Captain Kirk as a third grade boy? Full of myself, I commanded the ship at recess with all the power I imagined went with being in command. And I named new people to the crew and told who was going to fight aliens and who was going to do this. <clears throat> and one day, at recess, a friend of mine brings up her friend who wants to play too and has not been joining with us. And her friend's name was Michelle. And Michelle was that kid in school who was very, very smart. And yet seemed to have a real hard time to fit in. Clothes weren't quite right. Had the unfortunate circumstance of having the baby teeth go out and the adult teeth not coming in and the smile all messed up. <clears throat> Hair in a style very short that no other girl in her class would sport. Awkward, stumbling. And I, I said, no, you can't play. You don't want any ugly dolphins on the ship. talk to these people. It's like arguing the Bible with the fundamentalists. 
they don't accept science or reason or critical thinking. You can't do anything here. I said it Bonhoeffer. The stupid is a greater enemy of the good than is evil. Her response to me was, your condescension is getting in the way of your understanding. <coughs> oh, yeah. Then I got angry at her. <laughs> and then I got angry at myself. I'm writing a grant proposal to get funding for a project where people learn how to talk to people across their differences. To help people understand and communicate with those people with whom they disagree, with whom they don't even like. I don't believe anyone is violent, inhuman, and incapable, and incapable of being spoken with and spoken to. And I thought, wow. Not always perfectly good. 
but good enough. And this is the basic tenet of universalism. Everyone is good enough. Everyone is worthy of dignity, respect, and love and acceptance. My classmate Michelle certainly was this. And even though I said that horrible thing for so long, I am and you are. We are good enough, even when we've done something wrong. Just because we've done something wrong does not mean we are something wrong. Because shame is not okay. In my position as a liberal religious minister, I hear a lot of people talk about religious guilt. And when I hear that, the story I'm hearing is not about guilt, it's about shame. What people mean when they say they gave up religious guilt or Catholic guilt or whatever guilt or religion they came from, it's not guilt they're talking about. Because guilt is about doing something wrong. You behaved wrong, you said something wrong, you did something you shouldn't have. What they're talking about when they talk about those things is feelings of shame. What they're giving up is being made to feel they are someone wrong because they ate meat on Friday, or didn't go to the temple on Sabbath, or happened to be gay. And getting rid of shame is well and good. It's never okay. Shame is not okay. Because shame tells you you are not good enough. So, in order to forgive ourselves, to be okay with ourselves, we need to do a little bit of an understanding of how we can meet this balance, how we can meet ourselves in the middle, how we can understand when it's good to hold ourselves to account because we did something wrong without staying in that place so long we continue to beat ourselves up over and then think we are someone wrong. So, I think humility can help us here. And James Keenan was the person, the guy who wrote the second reading about humility, I studied ethics and moral theology when I was in seminary. And I like his approach to humility. Humility is not self-deprecation. Humility is not old little old me and put everyone else's needs first. Humility, like every other virtue, is the median between two vices. Humility is the median, the middle ground, the middle way, as the Buddhists would have said, between self-loathing and self-aggrandizement. There are some things and there are some times which we should not let ourselves off easy. Some guilt is a good thing. It keeps us honest. It stops us from swinging to the other extreme, lest we start thinking we're so great we never hurt anyone or do anything wrong. And yet, we still bash ourselves over the head more than and long after as much as we let other people off the hook for being who they are, warts and all, we 
we don't allow ourselves the same grace. And maybe practicing a little humility. Practicing having that accurate and acceptable view of ourselves with our virtues and our vices, our good and our bad, our words and all, is a way to accept ourselves into a place we can forgive ourselves. Because I think too often we get stuck sometimes because we've done something wrong that we are someone wrong, whether we're too fat or too tall or too thin or too old, we're too sick or too ugly or too addicted or too depressed or too manic or too neat or too liberal or too conservative. One of the common defense mechanisms we use to hide is not being okay with ourselves is we overinflate ourselves. Chances are you see somebody who's always self-promoting, they're not okay with themselves. That somehow we're not okay with ourselves if we're not the perfect daughter, son, mother, father, friend, minister, so on. And to cover that up and brag, need the spotlight, we need to be told constantly how wonderful we are. That's the false self. We create a self that we feel we have to believe in as being truly us. So that self can be okay because where we are is not really being okay about us. Humility, trying to get an accurate picture of where we are with our strengths and our weaknesses helps defeat put away that false self. Humility is that balance, that measured, accurate view of ourselves. It's the virtue that makes self-esteem possible. It makes having a positive self-image where you really can't accept and love yourself possible. It's the virtue that lets us forgive ourselves and others. It's the virtue that lets us understand we and other people are good enough. Like forgiving others, forgiving ourselves goes through a few stages. I love Bishop Desmond Tutu's four steps in the process of forgiveness used in South Africa after apartheid. Tell the story. Name the hurt. Grant forgiveness. Repair or release the relationship. To forgive ourselves, we need to tell our story to ourselves. Just as it is. Not needing to build it up to make ourselves better in the story or worse in the story. When I was in third grade, I was meeting, I heard of last week's students. That's the story. Name what hurts. When we name what hurts in the story, we tend to fall into the grievance story model or problem, where we must hear the story of how we've been hurt over and over justifies our anger, our rage, our dislike, our disapproval, our not engaging the person or thing that hurt us. 
It allows us to wallow in our wrongness. And we tell different stories about ourselves. As I shared with you this morning, I tell a couple about myself all the time. You know, I'm really not so good. I'm not a good person. I'm faking this. What if everybody finds me out? This is my story I tell myself. And I think I'm just trying to get myself off the hook. Is that, you know, if I continue to feel bad enough about myself, it won't be okay. And then it doesn't help. I'm not a monster. I did something bad when I was very great. And I have to let the story be the story and accept it for what it is. She said she forgives me. We were kids. I'm the one who's all she didn't think. She's just saying that because she's older and wiser now. She's being nice now. I am deep. You're going to let her have the story too. Tell your story. Just tell the story. You don't have to make yourself better or worse than And then decide to forgive. Put down the anger, the pain, the resentment. Sometimes not necessarily because you or somebody else deserves it, as much as if you keep carrying it, it's going to continue to hurt you. And the decision to forgive is not made once and for all for all time. I'm pretty convinced that the decision to forgive is an ongoing one. Because the next time I wake up out of a start and I've had that dream again where I call her name really loudly in the playground at recess, I'm going to have to forgive myself again and remind myself, I reset your story. You better forget it. It's okay. And then repair or release the relationship. When someone has wronged us very severely, sometimes you can't repair the relationship. Sometimes things are not okay even if we grant forgiveness. Right? But that repair or release lets us to forgive and say it's still not okay to happen. Because some things are just never going to be okay. Right? The abuse, the rape, the violence, the murder, some things are just not going to be okay. And when we forgive, we're not saying it's okay. We're saying I can now release that. It doesn't have to control me as much. Even though I know I'm going to have to revisit the forgiving part of it again. The 12-step program makes a big part of this. Can you forgive, though? Can you seek forgiveness from those who have wronged? Can you seek the forgiveness from yourself, too? Can you repair the hurt you've done to yourself? Can you be kind and compassionate and forgiving? Yourself the way you would be to someone else if they came genuinely after the forgiveness. And I think that's the one most of us find the hardest to do. And it will never be a perfect process. I will continue at times to put myself down and loathe myself for an afternoon I was But I slaughtered our pastor because I did good enough. 
this morning, right before church, I read the New York Times and more stories about Donald Trump and his operatives possibly being collusion with Russia and Russian agents. And again, I see into the rageful disgust and bewilderment. And I catch myself. And remember, I cannot become a monster. So I forgive myself again. It's an ongoing process. This work of repairing myself, my relationship to myself, the world around is ongoing.